Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, the Raiders lose to the Chargers 24-19. We'll talk about the loss and what the most disappointing part of the loss was or is, in my opinion. Plus, we'll take you inside the Raiders locker room and hear from a handful of players postgame. It's all coming up on Monday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, September 12th, 2022. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. Welcome here, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the Locked On Raider podcast free and available on all platforms. Getting the show up just a little bit later than normal. Uh, after the game, went and did some post-game media. Of course, did the locker room session and then had to drive back from L.A. So that was a good four, four and a half hour drive to get back to Las Vegas. So didn't get back to the home studio till very late, but it's okay. Still going to hammer out the show and get it up. So I apologize for getting up a few minutes later than normal but uh, here we are Raider Nation to talk about a 24-19 Raiders loss to the Chargers and really a game and you'll hear Devontae Adams later on in the show talk about it a game where you don't want to take any credit away from the Chargers for winning the game but really a game that the Raiders just lost and it's so crazy and the most disappointing part of the whole game and all I could keep thinking of as I was sitting in the press box watching the Raiders continue to shoot themselves in the foot is they spent all training camp, they spent all preseason talking about not beating themselves, not beating themselves, making sure the other team beat them. And on Sunday, unfortunately for the Raiders, that did not happen. They had a major role in the loss, and they had a major role in beating themselves, something that head coach Josh McDaniels does not want to do. So uh, as much as I thought that, you know what, it's getting closer, you're starting to see some really good things, uh, they're where they need to be, they clearly are not where they need to be yet, and they still have a lot of work to do. But uh, the good thing is that a championship is not determined in week one, <laughs> you know, so you're not going to win a championship, you're not going to lose a championship in week one. So they have 16 more games, have plenty of time to make some moves, but you just definitely don't like the performance that they put out there, especially losing to a division opponent. But let's go through the game a little bit. On Friday, I put out my keys to the game. Offensively, protect Derek Carr by any means. Give up no more than two sacks. Eliminate mistakes, bad penalties, and turnovers. Make sure the run game is a factor. It didn't matter if they run to set up the pass or pass to set up the run, but the run game has to be a factor. Now you look at actually what happened on Sunday offensively. Carr, 22 for 37, 295, two TDs, three INTs, and sacked five times. And when it comes to Derek Carr, I don't know if it was one of those moments where he decided that he was going to show everyone that he could push the ball and get that ball into tight windows. And, you know, he believed in himself a little bit too much. You know, sometimes it's Derek Carr and you feel like, okay, he's a little too conservative and he's not taking enough chances. And then you look at Sunday and feel like he took too many chances. So three inter interceptions. I felt like he was just too aggressive with the ball. Uh, he underthrew Devontae Adams, which could have been a touchdown, but he underthrew him and and that ended up being an interception. Uh, he threw a ball behind Darren Waller in the end zone that Waller dropped, but it was behind him. That would have been a touchdown. Tried to squeeze one into Darren Waller down the seam, and uh, that got picked off, and then tried to get one to Hunter Renfro, and that got picked off. So how about the run game? Remember I said make sure the run game is a factor? Well, Josh Jacobs, 10 carries, 57 yards, and really that didn't come until the second half, and that was really based off a couple 
pretty decent sized run. So the run game really was non-existent for the silver and black. Josh Jacobs had an opportunity to get into the end zone and he slipped and even he'll say it and you'll hear him later on in the show say that that was a walk-in touchdown. He just happened to slip. So the execution was poor on his part. So, uh, you know, it's just, again, uh, mistakes, you know, self-inflicted wounds, you know, uh, turnovers and then not capitalizing when you're in the red zone as far as hitting Darren Waller in the end zone or Josh Jacobs executing the, the, the run play correctly and getting into the end zone. I mean, just little things that are going to lead to to losses is what happened to the Raiders on Sunday. And so now they're 0-1 on the season and the Chargers are 1-0. And it's crazy, as bad as the Raiders played in that game, and I do feel like they played really bad, late, late in the game they still had an opportunity to win it. Now they didn't, but they still had an opportunity to win it. Now, they only had three penalties for 11 yards, so you look at that, if you're just looking at the box score, you say, oh, that's not bad. But two were penalties that are going to drive Josh, Josh McDaniels crazy. Nate Hobbs hitting Herbert late, and I know that was very questionable. Uh, you know, Herbert does this little thing where he looks like he's going to give himself up, and then he doesn't, or, you know, whatever. he, he kind of, like, fakes it a little bit, and uh, and then he goes down, and so uh, Nate Hobbs hit him, gave him an extra first down because he was going to be short of the, the goal line. They were going to have to settle for a field goal. Nate Hobbs hits him late. It's a personal foul. They get a first down, and then, boom, they score a touchdown. So that was one of them. And then there was a third and one false start or a fourth and one false start. I can't remember which one it was uh, that ended up being a, a third and six or a fourth and six. And so, again, uh, two out of the three penalties that the Raiders uh, were called for that they accepted, that the Chargers accepted, were uh, self-inflicted wounds, you know, ones that are going to drive Josh McDaniels crazy. But that was my keys offensively for the silver and black. How about defensively? If you remember back to Friday, Make Herbert uncomfortable. Make him feel pressure from the interior as well as the edges. Well, the Raiders had no sacks on the day. Now, Max Crosby, he did get some pressures on Justin Herbert, and Justin Herbert was able to, you know, scramble around and keep some plays alive and come up with some big throws. Matter of fact, uh, some big plays off of those scramble drills. But the Raiders got no sacks. And Chandler Jones, I mean, I think he made one play late in the game. I don't even remember Chandler Jones' name really even being called. Chandler Jones was really non-existent on Sunday, and that's unfortunate but Max Crosby was out there putting in work but it just didn't lead to any sacks and the interior pressure really wasn't either it wasn't there either so uh, a lot of disappointment as far as the the pass rush goes and trying to make Justin Herbert uh, uncomfortable also get off the field on third and long create a couple turnovers there were no turnovers created uh, there was a fourth down that Brandon Staley tried to go for deep in the Raiders territory. They could have just kicked a field goal and extended their lead, and he tried to go for it on fourth and one. He tried to be cute. Justin Herbert tried to run it up the gut, and the Raiders stopped it. So you got to give him credit for that, but then that's the very next play, or two plays later, Derek Carr throws an interception down the seam. That's the one he tried to hit Darren Waller, and then the Chargers come back and score a touchdown. So it ended up not really mattering. And then make the Chargers kick a field goal a couple times as opposed to cashing in in the end zone, and they did do that early in the game. They made them kick a field goal on their first opening drive. They drove right down the field, looked like they were going to go right into the end zone, and the Raiders did hold them and, and made them kick a field goal. And again, as I mentioned, that Nate Hobbs play, uh, Justin Herbert was trying to scramble to get to the end zone, and he wasn't going to make it. So then that's when he went down. Hobbs hits him, and it's a personal foul penalty. So that would have been a, another field goal. So they actually did a pretty decent job with that. And the defense I didn't think was very good on the day, but later, in, especially in the second half, they made enough plays to give the Raiders opportunities to come back and win. And then on top of that, think about this. They held the Chargers to seven points in the second half. So they gave the offense a chance, similar to the defense a year ago, right? There were so many times where the defense wasn't very good, but 
at the end of the day, there was still an opportunity for the Raiders' offense, and that's what the Raiders had on Sunday, but they just could not protect Derek Carr. And him getting sacked five times, Devontae Adams got sacked one time uh, on some kind of uh, you know reverse play that Devontae Adams was going to throw the ball, and it was just – it looked like a mess from the beginning. So that, that didn't work, but he got sacked by Joey Bosa. Khalil Mack had a big day. Bosa had a big day. Uh, the Chargers defense in general had a big day. Speaking of big days, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it. Devontae Adams did have a big day in his uh, Raider debut. 10 catches, 141 yards on 17 targets. So that was a monster day. He showed exactly what his worth was, right? I mean, he showed exactly why they brought him in, and he just did some things on the line of scrimmage, just straight filth, right? I mean, and when I say that, I say that in the most respectful way. I mean, the dude is just a great route runner, and he wins at the line of scrimmage, and he did that multiple times to the Chargers defensive back. So uh, that's going to be a pleasure to watch. I think uh, a couple times Derek Carr may have fell in love with targeting Devontae Adams, but, I mean, I can't really blame him. Right. I mean, you can't really blame him because Devontae Adams is just that stinking good. So uh, if you're going to go out, go out slinging the ball to Devontae. I don't really have a problem with that. Uh, Like I said, I know multiple people were saying, oh, he settled and he was trying to force the ball to Devontae Adams. Man, when you have a guy like Adams, sometimes you're going to just force the ball to him. And, And I think that that is okay. But all in all, man, the Raiders just didn't execute very well again uh, I want to give the Chargers credit for winning that game because that's exactly what they did but I also want to look at the Raiders and say hey they lost that game as much as the Chargers beat them and that to me was the most disappointing part again as I mentioned at the top of the show they spent all the training camp all the preseason just preaching don't beat yourself don't beat yourself don't beat yourself and as I went through everything that happened in the game for the most part outlining it that was a lot of the Raiders beating themselves that was the most disappointing part of the whole game. So I know that Josh McDaniels is going to get back into the lab. He's actually going to meet with us uh, later on today around 1030 uh, at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ. And then some players will be made available by way of Zoom. So we'll bring that to you as well. But uh, yeah, they got to get back in the lab. They got to watch the film, see what they did wrong, figure out how to correct it. And then they got to clear it because they have the Arizona Cardinals coming to town and they got to prepare for that. They can't let one loss beat them twice. They just got to go ahead and clear that, figure out how to uh, fix their mistakes and get ready for week two. Again, it's a marathon, not a sprint. That's a good thing. Home opener, Allegiant Stadium next Sunday should be fun, exciting. Still think this is a really good team. Just got off to a bad start. Got a couple more nuggets to get to here in segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast news and notes of the day. Kind of recapping the Raiders loss to the Chargers on Sunday. How about the offensive line? Obviously, that's been a question. Talked about the sacks. Derek Carr took five of them. Devontae Adams took one. Six total. Uh, I wasn't sure going into this game if the Raiders were going to be able to figure it out with the offensive line. I figured since they didn't make any move to go out and bring in a veteran, they felt pretty good where they were at. Well, on Sunday, clearly they didn't feel very comfortable. They had three or four different scenarios. And what I mean by scenarios is, uh, you know, variations of that offensive line. Colton Miller, John Simpson, Andre James, Dylan Parham, Jermaine Illuminor. Then it was Miller, Simpson, James, Lester Cotton, Illuminor, Miller, Simpson, James, Parham, Thayer Mumford. You know, and then it switched up again. So it was like three or four different variations of that offensive line. And we've had people call in and say, hey, you know what? I think they're going to have a rotation on that offensive line. That does not work. It does not work, and the Raiders showed it uh, on Sunday, and they did it. They didn't do it necessarily because they just wanted to continue to rotate bodies. They did it because, well, guys weren't being effective, right? So, there, I mean, that was the big issue, and you'll hear from uh, Jermaine Illuminor coming up in uh, segment number two of today's Locked On Raider podcast. But, uh, yeah, man, what a – 
What a, a, a bad scenario, and they've got to get this thing figured out. They've got to find five guys that they can feel comfortable with. You cannot go through the course of a game and try to rotate guys in and out and think they're going to find what fits. But looks like Thayer Mumford uh, is going to actually get some pretty good burn. He's actually, when he was in the game, that's when their run game started working a little bit more effectively. So I think Thayer Mumford may have an opportunity to unseat Jermaine Illuminor at that right tackle position. I think this week of practice is going to be very important. Now, before we wrap up this segment, I did want to let you know about the injuries that happened, and the Raiders got pretty banged up on Sunday. Safety Trayvon Merrick, he left the game with a hip injury, did not return. Anthony Averett, thumb injury, did not return. DJ Turner, ankle injury, saw him limping pretty bad in the locker room following the game. Denzel Perryman, ankle, but he said he was fine. Uh, He was in the locker room, and he was limping a little bit, but he said he was okay. Brandon Bolden left with a hamstring injury. Andrew Billings left, and uh, it wasn't disclosed what his injury was, but I remember seeing him limping off the field. And then Andre James being evaluated for a concussion. We came out of the locker room, and he was actually in the back of an ambulance, and uh, they were about to take him to the local hospital for evaluation. And the one thing that I – and I said this before we found out that he was being evaluated for a concussion. Uh, Somebody asked me, and said, hey, didn't we see Andre James in the locker room? And I said, yeah, but he looked a little – he looked a little like weird, you know, he had a just a weird look on his face and and I even mentioned I said it almost looked like he was about to cry. And then someone pointed out to me, they said, oh, man, I wonder if he uh, he got a concussion or whatever, because that's sometimes a symptom. And then all of a sudden we found out the Raiders let us know that he was being evaluated for a concussion. So uh, I'm sure he's going to be OK. But uh, if he does, in fact, have a concussion, then he'd have to clear protocol before he can be back into the lineup. So then all of a sudden you might see if he doesn't make that uh, quick, fast and in a hurry, you might end up seeing Dylan Parham, the rookie at the center position. Then you'll get another variation of the offensive line. So just something to think about, something to pay attention to throughout the course of the week. So hopefully he doesn't, in fact, have a concussion. But if he did, then he's going to have to clear concussion protocol before he's able to get back into action. So something we'll definitely monitor all week long at practice. So that's all we got for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. News and notes are just kind of recap going over the game, where it was lost for the Raiders as they lose 24-19 to the Chargers and start off the 2022 season 0-1. Up next is the Arizona Cardinals. But coming up in segment number two, we're going to take you inside the Raiders locker room. Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, Jermaine Illuminor, Darren Waller got all those sounds. Going to hear them in segment two and segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Before we get to that, though, want to talk to you about Brightco Jewelry and Watch Insurance. They bring you comprehensive, fast, and affordable jewelry insurance for as low as $5 per month. You can check out your special offer for Locked On Raider Podcast listeners. Get covered in under two minutes at bright.co forward slash locked on. That's bright.co forward slash locked on. And you might be wondering, well, Q, what do I need jewelry and watch insurance for? Well, you just don't know, right? Maybe you just went out and got a nice engagement ring and you want to make sure that that thing is protected because, hey, maybe it doesn't fit right now. Maybe you got the wrong size or maybe you're just, you got the ring and you said, hey, I'm going to give it to her and then we'll go get it fitted. Well, of course she wants to wear it. So she might be wearing it and all of a sudden, boom, it slips off her finger, falls, I don't know, into the ground and into a sewer drain or something. All of a sudden, what in the hell just happened to your ring? Well, that's why you need to have Brightco uh, jewelry and watch insurance. Or maybe you have a fancy watch that you just got or you just went and bought for yourself or whatever the case may be, and you want to make sure that thing is protected. My man Brian Salmon from News 3LV, we were sitting in the press box on uh, Sunday at, uh, at SoFi Stadium, and I looked down and said, hey, man, look at that. 
Look at that watch, man. You're shining, man. My, my eye, man. You're hurting my eyeballs by looking at that watch. And I said, man, we're in Inglewood. Inglewood always up to no good. Hey, man, don't turn left when you're supposed to turn right, if you know what I mean. You know what I mean? So that's that's another case. You might need that watch insurance. My man Brian might need that watch insurance. Didn't want him to get caught in the wrong part of town, if you know what I mean. So, uh, yeah, I mean, anything could happen at any time. You know what they always say about uh, insurance. It's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. And, again, Brightco can get you hooked up quick, fast, and in a hurry. Got to go to bright.co slash locked on. That's bright.co slash locked on. You'll get covered in about two minutes on your cell phone. Again, quick, fast, and in a hurry. They'll take care of you. Bright.co slash locked on. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to take you inside the Raiders locker room. Very excited that locker room action is back. I've told you that a million times. It's great for practice. It's great for following games, win or loss. I mean, it's just, it's good to hear what the players have to say. So uh, coming up in this segment, let's go ahead and hear from Devontae Adams and then running back Josh Jacobs. Since Jacobs got things cooking in the second half a little bit, again, had about 57 yards. And then Devontae Adams, he was just really good all game long, but he even had that deep ball that Derek Carr underthrew him on uh, that ended up being an interception. He even said that, hey, you know what? I did a little bit wrong on that one as well. I could have uh, attacked that ball a little bit better than what I did. So that wasn't really all on DC. That was really a a lot on Devontae Adams as well. And you'll hear him talk about it. But uh, here's Devontae Adams had a big monster game in his Raiders debut. 10 catches, 147 yards, uh, and a touchdown. Here he is, Devontae Adams, in the locker room following the game. It's obviously about the results at the end of the game. But how did it feel just for you personally to be out there and with, with Derek throwing you the ball again? Feel great. Feel great. Obviously, you know, we're not really trying to take any more victories out of it, but we did a lot of good things out there. A lot lot of good stuff to to build off of, but, um, you know, we we did fall short. So winning is the the goal in this league and for this team specifically. So um, we got to tighten up and come back ready to play next week. You said that you weren't, you didn't really know exactly what to expect coming in this game. But were you surprised? Like he went to you on the first play, and there was you were such a big part of the um, offense. So many targets so early on from the start. Were you surprised by that much uh, volume in your in your game for the for this one? No, not at all. That's I mean that's what they brought me here for to to be a big part of this offense and and help uh, move the ball and, and put points on the board. So that's what I mean. That's my job. That's what I'm ready to do. I'm ready for. I mean I'm a volume type guy. So you know I'm always ready for that. And if the if the game goes any other type of way, then we'll adjust and we'll deal with that too. But that means that somebody else is probably you know handling their business and and uh, you know we're able to move the ball. So most important part is for this offense and team to do well, obviously. But um, you know if I'm if I'm a big part of it on any given week, I'm, I'm expecting that. Talk about that first play a lot, kind of coming in like to make sure to I mean, not make sure, but like get the first play out of the way and you know, get it to you right away. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, we didn't talk too much about it, but that's that's kind of what, what this camp has been like. You know, just giving me opportunities to go out there, get in space, and, and make some plays. So you just got to capitalize on the, as many of them as, as possible. The ball you put in your bag is that the touchdown? Yeah, yeah. How I guess what does that mean to you? I mean, it's just it's a, it's, it's kind of a you know I turned the page and, and kind of starting a new chapter in, in my in my career. So to be able to get an end zone, you know, for my childhood team is something that meant a lot to me. You know, obviously didn't end up winning the game with it, but 
end of the day, it still means a lot. Bonte, you guys were still in it down the stretch despite the turnovers and the miss opportunities. Do you kind of view that as maybe something that's frustrating as offense or encouraging for what you could potentially do? I mean, it's, I look at it as something that's encouraging because, I mean, we, we beat ourselves today, really. I mean, that's not taking anything away from that team over there because that's a really good team. Um, you know, they, they did a lot of good things today, but you turn the ball over the way that we did today and then you still have an opportunity to go, to go down and win. Uh, you know, it says a lot about you as a team fighting through adversity and still, you know, our defense uh, did their thing in the, in the second half. We just got to find a way to, you know, take care of the ball a little bit better and go down there and win. So I look at it as something that, you know, we can feed off of moving forward and, um, you know, try to keep it as positive as possible. Speaking of the turnovers, what did you see on the one that was intended for you in the end zone? Were you hoping to make a play on the ball in the corners? What did you see on that? Yeah, I mean, I could have, I, I definitely could have made a better play on that. I kind of wanted to wait and, and, and let it, uh, you know, drop into the basket, and and I mean that guy made a great play. He he kind of fell off of the uh, the corner late and, and ran ran back there. I didn't think he'd get there that quick, and then um, he made a good play. But I could have helped Derek out on that for sure. Coming back to it, you know, I, I thought he bumped into me a little bit, but I, I if I would have come back to the ball a little bit better, I think it would have been a little bit more obvious for the ref to be able to call it. But um, can't let opportunities like that slip away. We got to maximize those because all camp we have, you know, we've, we've made those plays and. You know, I felt really good about it, and I still feel really good about it. You know, that, that play doesn't change anything, but definitely a lot that I could have done on that play to, to you know, prevent that. How frustrating was it to not get to throw the ball? <laughs> I don't. It was frustrating to to lose yards. I'm I'm not going into every game thinking you know, I really want to throw the ball today, but you know that was obviously the design of that one. So I wish we could have got it off. It looked like Hunter was covered anyway, so I'm not sure what that would have looked like, but. Um, that's definitely not how we drew it up. So next time we definitely got to do a little bit better job. How's your arm? Amazing. <laughs> I, I hate to even ask you this because I got here late, man. I was going to talk with Derek and Coach. But uh, to finally get back on the field with D.C., some of you guys uh, had good cohesion, kind of like riding a bike. Yeah, I mean, we. It's, I mean, I think you saw it today. It's a lot of a lot of good things we did out there. Obviously, could have connected on even more. I think you know there's more opportunities out there. But um, you know, it's the first week. That it doesn't dictate a whole lot. Um, obviously, you want to come out the gate as, as strong as possible and, and put yourself in a good position to kind of feed off of that going into the next week, obviously. But um, I don't think anybody in here is too rattled by it. It's obviously was, you know, would have been better with a W today. But um, like I said before, because that was actually the very first question. But, um, yeah, a lot of good stuff to feed off of and, and just use that momentum that, you know, any, any of that that we can moving forward. How much of the missteps were is the first week and just trying to trying to get it all together as an oil unit? I mean, I don't know. You gotta sometimes see the see the tape sometime and and you know dissect all of that. But um, definitely, there was some stuff today. I mean, but these the mistakes we made today are stuff that you know a lot of teams make week 16. So at the end of the day, we're not beating ourselves up too much about it. That's what the, the film is for. Come back. Nobody wins the season week one. That's just a fact of the matter. And we're gonna we're gonna come back. We're gonna be hard on ourselves because that's the type of team we are. That's the type of players we have that can take that. So. Be hard on yourself and, and find a way that you know you could have performed better, so you can go and uh, capitalize on some of those opportunities that we missed the, the next week. It was a little noticeable that the Chargers defensive backs—they were trying to get a little shaky with you, and you were kind of talking that talk back. How how much fun is it just to go out there and compete? It's a lot of fun, man. I don't I don't know about a lot of those guys doing that. I think there was one play maybe where something happened, but I don't I don't really. It is what it is. I'm not I'm not tripping off of that. <laughs> You want to reference the time when you turned whoever around in circles? I think on the uh, the forty one yard. Yeah, I think that was that was homeboy. Uh, he was talking about that was getting a little mouthy. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we made a pretty good play on that. I mean, we uh, we, we we got him back. I guess. Yeah, I think. Yeah.
you'll enjoy his reaction when you watch the tape on it. Yeah, but he, I mean, he'll enjoy the reaction that they got a W today. So he, he won overall, but, uh, you know, definitely won that play, I guess you could say. So there's Devontae Adams post game in the locker room. And, you know, I always find it funny. And, oh, by the way, he had 10 catches for 141 yards. I think I said 147, 141 yards and a touchdown. But I always find it funny when he gets asked a question like, hey, were you surprised that they went to you as much as they did? Are you serious? That's Devontae Adams, <laughs> right? I mean, like he said, no. I mean, I'm a volume guy, and that's why they brought me in. And that's exactly what I said. And to anyone who hit me up, it was like, oh, Derek Carr was trying to get him the ball too much. No, that's why you have Devontae Adams. You brought him in for a reason, and that is to be a big factor in this Raiders offense. Now, I'm not saying that everyone else just is gone. You know, no Hunter Renfro, no Darren Waller. Not saying don't mix things up, but I mean, I expect I expect Devontae Adams to get a bunch of targets each and every game as he should, because you see what happens when he catches the ball. He also makes big plays. I mean, that 41 yard uh, catch and run that he had was fantastic, you know, from the line of scrimmage till the end of the play. I mean, he was on point. And you heard him talking about that in the locker room. So I'm not mad at him getting a bunch of targets. They just got to continue to work on their offense in general, you know. Uh, and I asked him about it being week one, and he doesn't want to use that as an excuse. You know, another guy who doesn't want to use that as an excuse, Josh Jacobs. You know, he had that uh, that play where he could have got a touchdown. You'll hear him talk about it right now, but just bad execution on his part. So here's Josh Jacobs in the locker room following the game. Talking to uh, Jermaine, and he was saying that going into the game, you kind of had an idea that you know you guys might mix things up in terms of who's in on the offensive line. Um, as a running back, how does that change your, your approach, knowing that maybe different guys rotating in? Uh, honestly, I don't really notice that. Like, I just play like my execution. You know what I'm saying? My assignment, um, and I just respect that them guys are professionals to be able to do their job. Um, so yeah, I really don't pay too much attention to it. In the second half, it seems like you guys had a little bit more success running the football. But was there anything that changed or adjusted in the, in the second half? No, nah, not really. Uh, I feel like the first half, we didn't really have the ball too much. Um, second half, we kind of got a chance to, to sink in and, and play play ball a little bit more. Um, so I think that, that was just the, the mindset behind that. And with the just the amount of runs in general, you guys didn't run it too much, too often. Was that just a, either like a factor of playing from behind or just the game plan in general? Uh, I think it was a combination of the two. Um, one thing that I do know that we're going to play however we feel is, is best for that week. So one week we might run the ball a lot, and next week we might throw the ball a lot. Um, and I feel like every guy on this team has uh, bought into that. So however it played out is just how it played out. As you mentioned, you did have some some more success later in the game. Did you? Was it, it entered your mind a couple of times that when you guys were close to the goal line, you were like, you want you want to have that ball, you want to run it instead of pass it? Uh, I knew we was doing our game plan throughout the week. Um, I slipped on a one run, which was a clear, easy walk in. Um, so I just put that on me. You got to be better. And his offense, I mean, you guys had a, a few turnovers, you know, maybe some plays. Like I said, maybe that play where you could have scored mm-hmm. and didn't. And then still, you know, still late in the, fourth, in the game, yeah. Still in the fourth quarter, you have a chance to go win it. How do you view that? Is it frustrating or encouraging? It's, it's, it's definitely uh, both. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's definitely both. I'll say it's frustrating because you know you're this close. And, you know, in, in this league, three to four plays change the whole dynamic of the game. Um, but I'm just happy that the guys, you know, going through all that adversity that we went through and, and still being in a position to win the game. Um, I think that that just speaks volume and testament to, to the type of team that we have. Appreciate you, Josh. do you check this one out, look it on, on film, and then clear it and, and move on to Arizona? Uh, I mean, me, uh, I already know the plays where I have to look at for myself. Um, and it's like, you know, it wasn't no, like, miss, miss assignments. It's just about execution. Um, so that's kind of frustrating on, on my part, uh, speaking for myself. But, man, I mean, I, I think it's a – 
unique because I have an opportunity to come in, man, and focus on the things that I that I feel like I didn't do as well, um, and then try to apply that to next week. Do you feel any of the lack of execution was week one type stuff? Uh, I mean, you could say that, uh, but I'm not gonna blame it on that. Right. <laughs> yeah, you. yeah. Nah, man, look, I knew that the safety, he was already outside. It was literally nobody there. If if he was going to meet me at the goal line, he, his best bet was going to hit me from the side. So it was like, it was an easy walk in. I think I just got too, a little too happy in my mind. Um, yeah, I got too big and, and I, I slipped. But uh, yeah, I just got to be better with that. So you say you, you knew the game plan coming in for these, but that two point conversion when they. they after the penalty, you're only a yard away. Was there anything that was like, come on, coach, give give me the ball? I want Honestly, I, I wanted the I wanted to do in my head when I was looking at it. I was like, QB sneak might have worked right here, so I wasn't even thinking about me. Honestly, um, and I mean, like I said, I trust the guys that we have. Man, we got a lot of weapons. You know what I'm saying? So on any given play, I feel like it could be a big one. Um, so. I trust the system, man. I'm just trying to trying to play my part in. So there's running back Josh Jacobs in the locker room post game, and you hear him talking about the execution, talking about the offensive line, talking about them being professionals, talking about some weeks it's going to be pass heavy, other weeks it's going to be run heavy. They're going to change things up, switch things up uh, based on their opponent week to week. So you just never really know exactly how the attack's going to come until you actually see it executed in-game action. But that was uh, Josh Jacobs. So you heard from Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs so far. So still on the way, offensive lineman, right tackle, Jermaine Illuminor, and tight end Darren Waller. you hear them coming up in segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast after I tell you about prize picks. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. You pick anywhere from two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you go up to 10 times your money on your entry. And first-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKEDON. That's at prizepicks.com. And again, it's a very fun fantasy game where you can win a lot of money simple you just pick two to five players so you can go Hunter Renfro Devontae Adams Darren Waller Josh Jacobs and Brandon Bolden say you want to go all five of those all you got to do is go with okay I think they're going to go I think Devontae Adams is going to go over his projection I think Hunter Renfro is going to go under his projection Darren Waller under his projection whatever the case may be if you get it right you're going to win a whole lot of money. But it's not just football. It's a bunch of different sports. NBA, WNBA. Shout out to the Aces. Picked up their first victory in the finals. Uh, men's college basketball, women's college basketball. When that's back, college football, of course. Just any sport that's out there, you could play in, and win with prize picks. It's that simple. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Safe and fast withdrawals. Currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. All you got to do, download the Prize Pick app or go to prizepicks.com. Sign up and play daily fantasy sports. Again, first time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. So, what that means, if you deposit $100, you can get $100 from Prize Picks. They'll give you $100. If you deposit $50, Prize Picks will give you $50. So, don't forget, you got to use the promo code locked on at sign up for that instant deposit match up to $100. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team 
every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line is what we usually do here in segment number three. But instead, I want to make sure that we get this sound from the locker room. We have Jermaine Illuminor and Darren Waller that I want to get to. And I want to make sure I play it today instead of wait and hold on to it so then it's stale, right? I mean, you want to go ahead and get this game out of the way and then they start turning their attention to the Arizona Cardinals. And we'll do the same thing here on the Locked On Raider podcast. So I want to make sure you get all the sound from the locker room. So first up is Jermaine Illuminor, who is part of a rotation on that offensive line that I don't think that the Raiders coaching staff really wanted to have part of a rotation, but knew it was a possibility if guys weren't able to hold down their position. And, well, it happened. Jermaine Illuminor was in at right tackle. Then Thayer Mumford was in at right tackle. You saw uh, Dylan Parham. You saw Lester Cotton. You saw those guys that rotating in at the right guard position. It's less than ideal, but it's something that they are working on. I think that they need to go ahead and, and solidify that offensive line, get the five guys that fit, and, and just stick with those guys unless there's an injury or something. And, look, there might be an injury to Andre James, who uh, went to the hospital with a, a concussion evaluation or had to get a concussion evaluation so that might be a scenario as well so who knows maybe Dylan Parham you'll see him up next uh just depends on how everything goes with Andre James but here's Jermaine Illuminor post game in the Raiders locker room and he took the times that he got beat by Khalil Mack he took them really really personal and you'll hear it he really had a lot of good breakdowns I enjoyed talking to Jermaine Illuminor here's that conversation Offense as a whole, I mean, you know, even though you guys had multiple turnovers and then had some struggles, you, know, you had a situation where late in the game you had a chance if, if you go score that drive, you could, you could potentially win. Is that a frustrating thing to kind of have that happen, or is it more so encouraging? Um, you know, Josh preached that it was going to be a four-quarter game, and we knew that it was going to come down to the wire, especially with the Chargers. Like, you know, I've only been there for two years, but if my memory serves correct, it's always been a close game between the Raiders and the Chargers. So knowing that, we knew that we were going to have an opportunity at the end of the game to win the game, whether it was the defense holding the offense, like the um, Chargers offense out the end zone or the offense getting in the end zone, you know, and I feel like it's going to come down to that every single time we play the Chargers. And so, you know, next time we're out there, you know, we're executing our game plan, and I think we do a lot better. But there's definitely a lot you can take away from this game. Appreciate you. No problem. I mean, what's, what's, I'm sorry if you already answered this, but was, what were the challenges of what the game plan was with the right side of the offensive line, especially guys switching in and out and having different combinations. Of I don't think there was necessarily any challenges. I think that everyone came to play, um, and you know you just had to do what you could do in the situation we was put in. You know whether that was me playing next to Lester or Dylan. You know whether I was there again a couple of set, um, reps in. You know, so I think as a pro, you have to take it upon yourself to know the situation you're in, and you know don't let that affect your game. Because like I said, we're out there. And if you let that affect your game, then that's going to, you know, Bosa and Kulamek are going to feed off that. So, you know, every single time you're out there, you got to just block all that out and just go ball. I guess the positive to that is you're, you're fresher. You can mm-hmm. go in and out. Yeah, that's one thing. I mean, it's the NFL, so you're going to get banged up regardless. Yeah. But, you know, I guess if you look at it, you could be a little bit fresher once you get out there. you got to make sure you stay warm on the sideline, though, because you never know what's going to happen. So, um, yeah, I guess that's one thing you can look at. Again, sorry if you were asked this before, but what kind of challenges did Khalil Mack give you in this game? Well, I mean, namely that that bull rush that he put on. I mean, what happened on that play? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's funny because he tried to bull rush me to play before, and I stopped that thing. Up, but, yeah. <laughs> he's a he's a great probably best player we're ever going to guess, you know. So. Um, 
It was a good. It was a good rush by him. He was. I think he was starting to get frustrated. And, you know, it was one of those, one of those things you can look back at and be like, you know, damn, if I would have put this hand right here, then he would. I would have stopped him again. You know, but um, I think it was a really good battle between us. No, like I said, no one's ever going to be perfect. I wish I could get that back, and I was able to go against him a couple other times and you know, stop that. But you know, there's always going to be that one play in a game where you're like, damn, I wish I could get that back. And I'm sure everyone on this team, and I'm sure all the Chargers too, you know, got the W. They're like, damn, I wish I could get that play back, you know, but you can't let that affect your game. Because I was in the second quarter, and it was a four-quarter game, so if I would let that play affect my play in the fourth quarter, I'm sure it would, he would have fed off that and got way more sacks or pressures or whatever, you know, so it's a, you got to have a one-play mentality, you know, move on to the next play and forget, like, you know, have a short memory, too. Like, damn, he got me, he, I, mean, I mean, he got me there, bang, all right, new play, next play, and that's the type of mentality you got to have with this game. How much is it just a little, like an inch here or there, you know, like you said, if I just put my hand here, I mean, how, how many times you look back and just say, okay, it was just a small little thing that we did wrong yeah. in that play. I think as an offensive lineman, there's always one more thing you can do to make the play even more successful. You know, um, there was a lot of times where I had a lot of, a lot of success, and there was that one play right. where you know I was like, I knew I was going to get him one on one, and you know I was overthinking it a little bit, and that led to him getting to me. Right? I think a lot of the time on the offensive line, it's a game of chess. You know, you got to make, you got to have. You know how they're, they're like, you know, in chess, they're four step, like they're four moves ahead of you. Like, right. you know, they make one move, but they go through so many different moves in their head to see which one's going to be the right one. That's how it's an offensive line, especially playing tackle. And I'm sure other tackles can relate to that. You know, you, once you're down there, you're like, damn, I, he may hit me with this, 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 this. What is he going to hit me with? And you got to think about how that one rep is going to go. And so, you know, I kind of, you know, I let that one go, which pisses me off because, you know, I was. You know, there's always way more you can do, but it's cool seeing that on film. You're like, bang, if I do this, then next time he's not going to get that, which is going to be the case. Um, you know, he's a great player, and he's bound to do something in the game. You know, great players like him always make their presence known. But I think that as offensive line, we know that we're capable of playing at a high level, and, you know, we're going to practice this weekend. You know, there's one, two things on film that we see that we're like, damn, we did that. We're going to do that this week and get better because of that. Right tackle Jermaine Illuminor right there in the locker room following the game. Again, the Raiders take the 24-19 loss to the Chargers and drop to 0-1 on the season. Darren Waller, he was blessed with a nice contract extension on Saturday. It was conveniently done on Saturday right before the Raiders took off to LA, so uh, didn't really get to talk about it. It was something that late last week we had been saying that we thought it was going to happen any day and it did. He ended up getting a $51 million, three-year uh, extension. Already uh, two years was already on the deal, so it basically turned into a five-year uh, contract, and you'll hear him talk briefly about the contract as well in this conversation following the game, but of course most of the conversation was about the game. So here's Darren Waller in the Raiders locker room following the game. You, know, you guys talked a lot this training camp about not doing things that hurt you, losing games. You know, learn how to win, not lose three interceptions and penalties. Do you feel like you kind of not gave this one away, but helped contribute to it a little bit? Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, the things that we set out to do as far as standards didn't accomplish today. Uh, it's, uh, it just was what it was today, so uh, we got to find a way to, to get better. Uh, 16 more opportunities at least, so uh, you got to look at it from a sta standpoint of being urgent about getting better and being honest about what it looks like, but also like not beating yourself over the head with a sledgehammer because it's a marathon, you know. But yeah, we uh, we didn't do we didn't live up to our standard today. Is it more frustrating or hopeful that in spite of it all, you guys were? a player to away from maybe winning this game. It's a little bit of both, especially with frustrating with um, 
the turnovers and uh, blown assignments and stuff like that, but also hopeful as well from the way that guys fought and were in the position to win, win the game, go down there and, you know, take the lead. Um, but, yeah, so I think it's a little bit of both. What kind of went into the team, uh, despite, you know, having the, the turnovers and interceptions in the second half, kind of keeping your composure to where you were able to be in a situation and maybe have a chance to win going down the stretch? Um, yeah, a lot of level-headed guys, a lot of guys that can, you know, stay in the middle ground. Sorry about that. Um, when, when things like, you know, you can come out and, you know, have a great touchdown like we had to start the second half. It's like some guys may get too high off that. And then it's like you have uh, a turnover and it's like some guys may get too low, but we have a lot of guys that can just stay in that middle ground. And uh, that's, what, that's what it's like on Sunday or Sunday, you know. Uh, sometimes it doesn't go the way that you'd like it to go, but you can always control how you respond to things. So I'm proud of guys for that. In terms of cohesiveness, we all understand that the team or the, the team's offensive skill players didn't play in the preseason. Um, in terms of cohesiveness, how did it feel in that first quarter? Did you guys, do you feel like it kind of clicked right away or did it take some time to click? Um, I thought there were things like, especially on that, uh, that first drive where we had, we kind of uh, marched down the field and then it was tough to kind of build a rhythm after that in the first half. Um, but yeah, there was a little things, that, there are pl- plenty of little things that we got to work on, but I think that there were uh, signs of, you know, what we can do as well early on in the game and throughout. You said uh, Devontae sets the standard. I, I know it didn't go the way you wanted today, but was today an example of that? He was pretty unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you see, you see it's clear as day. I mean, that one route he had, he broke the dude off. I mean, that was unbelievable, but yeah, he, he sets the standard. Everybody knows that. Everybody follows that, and it, it raises everybody's energy level up, so uh, it, it definitely does for me. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we appreciate him. Throughout the offseason, you said no matter whether your contract gets, gets taken care of or not, you were practicing, you were playing, but how big of a weight is it off your shoulders, to, and how important was it to have it done just even just before the season started? Um, I think it's really cool timing. Uh, I think that plays into into faith. You know, I, that's why sometimes I don't even know why I even worry about things anymore, you know. Um, but I really appreciate the Raiders because they didn't have to do what they did uh, with me being in a position with two years left. So very grateful to them for working towards that and uh, wanting to be fair to me and communicating with me the, throughout the whole process. So I appreciate them uh, going about it the way that they did. How quickly do you clear this game and, and start looking on to Arizona the next week? Um, start looking at film tomorrow. Um, dive deep into it. Uh, look at all the little details of every single play. Uh, and then it's Arizona from there. Uh, starting tomorrow evening uh, and Tuesday as well on the off day. And then, yeah, we, we get rolling from there. How important is it that everyone does do exactly that, clears it immediately? Uh, very important, yeah. Clear, it, it, like It's kind of like that balance I was talking about. It's like clearing it quickly, but also looking at it in an honest way for like, okay, what really needs to be improved on? Uh, finding that balance, which can be tough at times. But yeah, it's, it's got to be clear quick. Are there any plays that happen in this game where you right now just aren't, know that you're like, you're like man, I want to have that one back and for, for you personally? Yeah, uh, Bosa uh, whooped me for a sack. Um, we were driving down the field. I believe it was the third quarter. Um, and yeah, he got around me uh, pretty good. And yeah, I wish I could have that back. So uh, I'm not just talking about other people. I'm talking about me as, uh, as well. So uh, yeah, I wish I could have that one back. So there's tight end Darren Waller post game in the Raiders locker room talking about things that he could work on, right? You heard him talking about what he could have done better. He's not pointing the finger at other guys, just worrying about what he had to do or what he could have done better. And that's how Darren Waller's always been. I mean, dude's a humble guy, hell of a player, but man, he's just got the right attitude. He's got the right mindset, even with the contract negotiations and all that. I mean, he really just handled his business the right way. Uh, I really can appreciate a guy like Darren Waller. So uh, you heard him talk about clearing it. You know, that was a question that I asked. You know, hey, you go look at the film, see what you need to work on. 
boom, clear it. You can't let one loss beat you twice. I mean, that's just the, it doesn't matter what level of football you're playing or what level of any kind of sport you're playing. You can never let one loss beat you twice. So uh, the Raiders need to prepare for the Arizona Cardinals and they'll check out the film today. They'll work on some things and then boom, turn the page. So that's all we got for today's show. I know it didn't get any calls or texts in and we got plenty of calls and texts on the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line at 707-654-4693. We'll definitely get back to calls and texts coming up on tomorrow's show. Again, we're going to be talking with Josh McDaniels around 1030 this morning and then a few players will be made available by way of Zoom on my radio show this afternoon. Ryan Clark from The Pivot and obviously former uh, safety in the NFL, really good safety in the NFL. As a matter of fact, sharp NFL mind. He's going to be on my radio show later on this afternoon. New matter of fact, three o'clock Pacific Standard Time. So he'll talk some Devontae Adams, talk some Raiders defense, talk about just, you know, what he saw when he was out at practice during training camp and what he thinks of this year's Raiders team, what their expectations should be, what he thinks that they can achieve. So that should be a fun conversation. I'll have it again this afternoon at three o'clock. So uh, Raider Nation, thanks so much again for making the Lockdown Raider podcast your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the show free and available on all platforms. Again, sorry for getting it up a few minutes later than normal, but uh, man, after the drive back from LA, I had to uh, sit right down into the home studio lab and get things cooking. So I was a little bit behind, but uh, try to get it up as quickly as possible. So until uh, tomorrow, Raider Nation, take care of yourself, take care of your family, love on your family, and most importantly, as always, just win, baby. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.